What's up? My name is Sterling. I'm going to be your spiritual guide through the next 10,000 episodes of this delicious podcast. All right. So just listen to my buttery voice, get like a bagel or something, spread the voice on there nice and evenly. Okay. Because we are going to be discussing the ghosties and the ghoulies. And the reason for this, I can tell you're wondering why. And let me tell you why. The reason why. The reason for this why is because I was talking to a good chunk, a good handful, a good chunk of my friends this past week. Turns out they have ghost stories that we have never discussed. And seeing as that's a massive topic of interest of mine and I have literally nothing else to do. I am so bored. I was like, you know what, dude? Let's buy some stuff and make like a sick podcast that doesn't sound like it was recorded on the first generation iPhone microphone. So uh, my parents actually asked me a, a year ago, they got me thinking about this as well, about a strange behavior I had as a child where they would go to bed and I would go to bed and everything would be great until they woke up in the morning and would look over to see a little baby Buddhister asleep on the floor next to them. And this happened from the ages of about zero to eight for me. And believe it or not, this is all due to <laughs> that. Well, they asked me if I remembered why I would do this. And I was like, oh, mama, papa, I know exactly why. And the reason why was an evil cat by the name of Cuckoo. Hey, mom, how's it going? It's going just fine. Yes. Hello. Good. 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 Do you do you remember uh, Do you remember Cuckoo by chance? My favorite cat. <clears throat> well, of course we remember Cuckoo. Yes, we found her in the um, whoops, in the um, blackberry patch when we were picking blackberries as a kitten. So we brought her home with us, and she used to get put in the little boys' little cars, and then she'd peek out the little trunk area. No, what my mom means by this is those uh, like Fisher-Price cars that you would stick your feet, stick your feet down and pedal all around. Like you really knew how to drive, but you didn't because, you know, you're like two. When she got a little bit older, I don't know why our neighbors had this in their yard, but a couple doors down, I guess they had a must have had trouble with rats, so they had a trap for rats in their yard, and she didn't go out too much, but she... This one night she got out and she, her leg got caught. You know, it was really sad in the rat trap. So when we found her, she was in our neighbor's um, garage because they had a little doggy door. Actually, the neighbor found her, yeah, and her poor back leg was all oh. mangled up. So brought her back, and then we took her to the vet. We thought maybe have to put her to sleep, but they said, "Oh no, cats can do fine as long as it's the back leg." With so we just. Yeah, she was kind of a family pet, so we just had that leg taken off and looked like a shaved little chicken bone when she came back. But <laughs> she did just fine with her three legs. She used to climb up the side of the house on the trellis, and we'd see her on the roof on the top, kind of walking along the top. So my family is all used to the cat with three legs by the time little baby Buddhister pops out a few years later. Um, being around it and everything like that since she was a little baby kitten. But the thing is, by the time I was born, Miss Cuckoo had digressed into what 
little eight-year-old stir would most likely classify as a murderous rage. By the time you came along, she was already old, and she just would sit and curl up in a chair. And then at night, when everyone was in, in bed, she would hide on the steps, and you wouldn't see her right away. And then in thunderstorms, she didn't like the thunderstorms, but she would still kind of nip, nip your heels. But then at at nighttime, he, she would, um, when everyone was in bed, for some reason, she would go and visit your room in the nighttime and jump on your bed, and I think she kind of scared you or something a little bit there. So then you'd come in our room and, and bring your blanket and sleep on the floor. Cuckoo came into your bed to visit every night. Cuckoo came into my bed to visit every single night. With her three legs, her scruffy fur, and her cold, dead, lifeless eyes. But as a small child, that was never the way I saw it. It was just a measly visit. To me, it was something much, much worse. Because when I was a kid, almost every night I would wake up at some weird time. Everything would be pitch black except a light in the hallway. And I would try to move to get up and close my bedroom door because my parents would leave it open and I would get a little bit spooked. But I could not move my arms or my legs. And sometimes I couldn't even shut my eyes. Now, in the hallway, I would hear footsteps, whether that was coming up the stairs or down the hall. And I'm actually getting chills just remembering this because it was actually pretty terrifying at the time. (laughs) But... um. I would wake up and I would hear footsteps and the times that I was able to close my eyes, the footsteps would get closer and closer until they were eventually in my room. And other times when I did get up to shut the door, I would hear Cuckoo's filthy little paws pitter pattering down the carpet and eventually start scratching on my door in the pitch black. Now, these weren't just things that happened, you know, when I was a little bit older, between six and eight, you know, watching scary movies or something like that. No, this, uh, I remember having super early memories about her coming into my crib and lifting up the gate and dragging me out into the hall. Um, but by far the worst one that sticks out in my brain was one night when I woke up And I could move. And there was a light out in the hallway. So I went in the hallway, looked to the left down the hallway, and at the end was Cuckoo on her back two legs with a surgical mask holding a scalpel and pushing a gurney towards me. So naturally I sprinted the other way, but she caught up to me. And the last thing I remember from that was her standing over me with the scalpel and like a big surgery light on top of me. So as I got older, I realized that none of this actually happened, and it was just a figment of my overly creative imagination. But from that moment, it got me into kind of exploring like the creepy things, watching you know ghost adventures and that kind of stuff. Not that I would ever go and do that personally, but I enjoyed hearing you know other other accounts and people's stories and stuff like that. So fast forward to moving out of the house. Now, keep in mind, I always had very, very vivid memories of those dreams or whatever they were. 
because at that point I had no clue what they were. I just knew it was very scary and the cat was gone. But I still would wake up and hear the footsteps and that kind of stuff. But at this new house, things got a little bit more intense where I woke up one night and again, walked out in the hallway. And at the end of our hallway, there's a staircase going down into the living room kitchen. All right. So standing at the top of the stairs, looking out to the living room is a girl with like a dirty ripped, ripped up like nightgown or whatever with long black hair, something straight out of the grudge. And I had, I had never seen the grudge or anything. This is just my, my brain or whatever, whatever it was. Um, and I couldn't see her face, but I froze because I was absolutely terrified. And she just started slowly turning around and then sprinting towards me. So I ran in my room, absolutely slammed the door shut, hopped in my bed, and all of a sudden, I start hearing scratching at the door. And I just get thrown back to the scratches that Cuckoo used to leave on the outside of the door when I was a kid at our first house. But somehow I managed to fall back asleep. Later, I wake up again the same night and the girl's back standing right at the edge of my bed staring at me. But I can't tell because the hair's like over her eyes. Um, I can just, she, she, she's like looking in my general direction. Logical thing to do, slam my eyes shut and just destroy myself back into sleep as fast as I can. But that wasn't the end of the night because I woke up once more and I look over. This time she's sitting right in front of my door. But I wasn't scared or anything. So I walked up to her and I asked <laughs> I asked if she wanted to be my friend instead of scaring me. Which she didn't answer. So I went back to bed. Um, then I looked over and she disappeared. So that was the only really creepy experience that I had in in our second house, which is the current house we live in. Ever since then, you know, never never anything really. Fast forward to college where I think everything is good. You know, my brain is fully developed. I'm not actively seeing my deepest fears or whatever play out when I, <laughs> in my dreams or in the forms of like hauntings in a house or whatever the hell. But then as I start to get stressed out during finals, things start happening again. Mostly junior years where it was all focused where I would be sleeping in my bed, living with two other roommates. They were asleep, and I would hear the footsteps again. And they were walking up and down my hall, and then I would hear my door open and someone walk up to the edge of my bed. At this point, I realized what it was, and what it was was sleep paralysis. Now, after I realized that, I wasn't really scared of it anymore. You know, I looked up like how to how to snap yourself out of it or whatever. But after I realized that that it was just sleep paralysis and it was just like straight hallucinations <laughs> from my brain trying to justify what I was feeling. Because what sleep paralysis is, um, is when you wake up out of like REM sleep, but the rest of your body is still in REM sleep, except you can see like whatever. And for some reason, it always generates like super spooky 
just evil shit, <laughs> to be completely honest. And yeah, after I realized what it was, I wasn't scared of it anymore. And I would use like sleep paralysis episodes or whatever you call it as an opportunity to kind of like, like screw with things, you know? So um, one time, this is the last time I had it too. I think it was junior year. And I woke up, couldn't move. I was like, great, here we go again. This is going to be great. So you're not supposed to open your eyes because that's when you see all this scary shit, you know? You'll hear footsteps sprinting around and people like whispering and stuff, which I all did hear. One time I heard my mom, <laughs> I thought I heard my mom come into my room saying she was going to stab me. <laughs> and that one gave me a little bit of the chills. But <laughs> um, the last one I remember, I opened my eyes wide as they could go because I was like, I'm, I'm ready to see some crazy shit, you know? And my room, it, it's my room, all the stuff's there, but it's reversed. And that's how I realized, you know, this is not, none of this is real at all. And standing over me is this like, super, super tall guy who's has to bend over or else he'll hit the ceiling. And it's reminds me of one of those like advertising dolls, those super floppy boys, <laughs> except this guy's wearing a pinstriped uh, blue and white suit. And I can remember it just crazy vividly because it was absolutely insane. And <laughs> he's like pointing his finger at me and touching my nose and he has like super swoopy little pointy dagger fingers. <laughs> and he... <laughs> I still laugh about it because it was like kind of weird and spooky, but at the same time, so funny because he like coming out of his mouth, he's like holding me down or what feels like holding me down. And he's just like, ooga, booga, booga, boo, ooga, booga, boo. <laughs> I, just, I could like, I'm trying to laugh, but it's like sleep paralysis, right? So you can't move or anything. So at that point, I'm just having a good time. But then I look in the background towards my door and there's like three like dark shadow figures standing there. But, you know, sleep paralysis, so I didn't really care. And, uh, yeah, so that was it. I, fi <laughs> I figured it out, bro. Problem solved, dude. So anyways, yeah, to this day, I'm not quite sure if it was cuckoo fueling my nightmares or um, if it was just, like, something weird in the house because no one ever said there was, like, weird stuff going on in the house, really. Pretty sure it was just a nightmare sleep paralysis or whatever. Haven't had it since. And... That is the main thing I wonder now when I listen to other people's stories and stuff, you know, when they say, oh, I woke up from a terrifying nightmare and I couldn't move and the demon was standing on my chest. Like that is literally what sleep paralysis is. And it's nothing scary or whatever. You just have to like wiggle your fingers and toes and boom, everything's gone and life's back to normal. Except your heart is beating about 3,000 palpitations per millisecond and you're covered in sweat. <laughs> but other than that, that is... Yeah, the that's the only that's the only spooky experience I think I've ever had. Not that I want to have any experiences with actual evil things like ghosts or demons or the devil himself, but you know, I think looking back and thinking about all that through the questions well, <laughs> they're like family questions because that was like a huge deal um back in the day was you know, I learned at a pretty early age that it's not good to focus too much of your time and effort into one particular season or a series of events or one event, I guess, in your life that you think is going to screw everything up. You know, whether it be eight-year-old stir thinking about like demons trying to possess him or something like that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Or, you know, missing a job interview or getting dumped or some of that shit. But, you know, just take... Take it one day at a time and keep her moving, buddy.
<laughs> Anyways, that's all I got. That is my background. And because of all of those things and sleep paralysis and all that, that's the main reason I'm into all the spooky stuff and the ghoulies and the ghosties and all that, boy. So I do have quite a few people with very interesting stories that have agreed to come on here. So I look forward to talking with them and showing that to everyone in the next 10,000 to 10 million episodes. All right. Be sure to follow the show on Instagram at paranormal paralysis. And if you have any sick ghost stories, you can email those to para paralysis at outlook.com. And if they're super sick, then you can uh, come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I appreciate you immensely. This is Sterling. Uh, stay spooky, baby. <laughs>